Welcome to the Carrie Fuquay and Apex Pediatric Podcast, a space where we help you navigate the complex world of being a parent. Join our community and our host, Dr. Hope Seidel. We're so grateful you're here. We are crushing the podcast right now. I am super excited today to be speaking with my dear friend, Josette Holland. Hi. Hi. Uh, Josette is the assistant head of the upper school at Cary Academy. And prior to uh, being there, she was at St. Mary's as the associate head and dean of students for 10 years. She's a right. rich background in education. She yep. teaches English at, at Cary Academy currently. She's a million times smarter than me. Oh my and, gosh. Thank you. And uh, I am just really excited to talk today with everyone with her to gain her perspective on academic resilience. So thank you so much for being here, girl. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for, um, for having me. I think um, the, the biggest issue, well, the pandemic and this quarantine has brought up so much for families over a thousand topics, all of right. them trying to kind of address daily, but one of the, the biggest themes right now is the pressure and stress that students and parents are feeling around this whole new homeschooling environment. Of course, not our homeschooling parents. They're like, woohoo! <laughs> Lucky. They're in the dream. But, <laughs> but anyway, a lot of our parents who are really trying to move into a new understanding of what our teachers do every day and also in a way to better support their um, kids at home are really right. struggling in a lot of different ways. So share with me. I'm just want to know all the things from you. Like sure. Perspective. Sure. Um, thank you. That's a great setup. I think to talk about this new normal and um, to expect our kids to be as they were as students, as um, our you know, offspring, there, there, there's no expectation that they should be anywhere like they were. In fact, if your children are presenting as though um, everything's fine and everything's glorious, there's something, they're masking something there. This is not a normal situation. Um, we, shouldn't, we should expect grief from our kids. We should expect some struggle, um, especially as they adjust to you and as, as we adjust to them in all of our spaces. I think there's been a lot of different um, roles. We've taken on new roles as parents, um, both as their teacher or their coach or their referee at times. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, or, uh, and they've also taken on a new role. Like they're here at home 24 seven. And for some of them, that's, they have to figure out um, this new normal and they're gonna make lots of mistakes and see where their boundaries are. I think when it comes to, if we're talking about academic resilience, as its own thing, right? What does that even mean? Like, what do you, what does that mean? Let's Great talk. question. It means it's really, if you define it, it's the ability to effectively deal with setbacks, um, stress, and pressure in an academic setting. So, hello, this is like one big petri dish for academic stress, pressure, um, and throw in a whole bunch of, you know, pandemic and invisible virus and all of that. That makes this petri dish of um, academic academic stress and pressure. I think the ability to deal with that, to be, um, to have academic resilience has um, several layers. There's layers of um, kids who understand that to be academic resilience, it's not just about focusing on a grade at the end of the semester, but it's the, the, the resilience part of it is the processes that kids use every day um, or the, the way they approach their um, their learning. So there's some ingredients to academic resilience 
um, if you have a kid who um, is starting to grow his skills in problem solving, if you have a kid who she is starting to show that she's a little bit more adaptable, um, if she's showing that um, maybe a sense of humor, um, that she or he is optimistic, maybe your child is starting to be curious about certain things, those are all really good signs. So, you know, hope we talk often about, you know, you don't waste a good crisis. If during this crisis, your kid is starting to show opt a little bit of optimism or curiosity, solving a problem, maybe reaching out to friends in a way that you hadn't seen him or her do before, those are all great signs of academic resilience. All that stuff will translate academically eventually. Right. So right now it's weird, but eventually that will translate. So this is important. We've had this conversation a couple times in different in, in different situations. And let me, uh, well, I'll say that in a minute. But but how does that translate? I think parents have a, in their mind kind of a, a um, kind of a manual of what school is, right? Mm -hmm. And so they learn that the hard way in middle school when so many of the social interactions sometimes really um, impact the academic like school day in a way that. Right grades and whatnot. But right. the resilience that uh, what I think you're saying and what I'm hearing is, is that the resilience they're building while they're learning independently or learning new skills at home isn't a waste of time if it's not oh, gosh, no. to the subject at hand. Is that what you mean? It is. You are totally right. It is. A, this is an opportunity because um, when they were in school, so many things were prescribed for them. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't have a lot of choice of where they went to next their next class or, or what their day looked like structurally they were eating lunch at the same minute every day and they were they were it was a prescribed life I think right now to make the most of the situation recognizing that our kids are um, perhaps being a little bit more flexible or showing some optimism all of those things the flexibility we wouldn't have seen it if this were a regular school day because they would have been in that pattern Anytime you mess with a kid's pattern, you're going to get a little friction. You're especially at an academic pattern, you're going to get some friction. Yeah. But I think that the growth that can come out of that is, is pretty remarkable. Um, even in a situation that feels for us as adults as stressful, this feels so stressful that I don't, I don't know how to help her with her math or I don't know how to, how to fix this. And it's okay for us to not know how to fix this right now. Right. Because if you think about what the you know, let's flash forward several years, what colleges and prestigious high schools, all of these things, if you're thinking about college, they're all knowing, everybody has this knowledge that there's this big fat asterisk by this spring. They are, the colleges are going to, they were the first ones to go to pass fail. They were the first ones to say, okay, let's, the college board, for example, let's mess with the AP to make it more accessible for our kids. Let's shorten it. So the AP tests, SAT tests, colleges, they're all, they immediately went to let's reduce the requirements and let's understand that this spring is pretty remarkable. And for all of us parents who are thinking, okay, I hope my kid goes to college and that's the end goal. And if I see the end goal making adjustments, that sends a pretty strong signal to me that this is a remarkable time. And we, we should have relief from worry on that relief, like total relief that this whole spring as one big social experiment, it's gonna be okay for our kids. 
It is. I mean, mm. I don't want to trivialize, and I know you're not because you're living with it at school every day, but I don't want to trivialize the impact on our seniors who are having so much grief and loss, which we are going to talk oh. about with a psychologist later in the mm. week. But, but I say that the it is kind of, the pause is welcome if you can give it that perspective, right? Because mm -hmm. the, the role of everything that happens towards mm -hmm. high school specifically mm -hmm. regarding getting to college and having this destination really loses mm -hmm. for many kids the experience that they need mm -hmm. to be having developing these exact tools right. that you said. Right. I mean, right. in addition to the fact that our school structure doesn't allow that day to really have a lot of movement regardless. So, right. um right. Well, do you remember when we were young and we had lots of, I mean, that was a really long time ago. Speak for yourself. Right. But if you think about the times where we were bored and we created things, you know, if you look at our, there's a generation of people who spend a lot of time being bored and having to create um, independently um, games and that sort of thing. If you give kids space, which this pandemic has, it's given kids a space to do that. So um, once we can, as parents, recognize and acknowledge, hey, I see how you were curious about that topic and you read more about it, or I see how you wanted to teach yourself how to hit a, you know, kick a soccer ball, or I don't know, build something. There's just a whole lot of opportunity for us to say, wow, you're, you're doing what I got to do all the time. And that was pretty cool for my generation. Yeah, um, it's not always easy because we're working our full time jobs too, right? And we're trying to work and stay at home and trying to do all that. But um, a, a real a key component of academic resilience is um, sense of humor and curiosity and yeah. optimism. And I think that's what we can give our kids verbally. You know, one time um, when I was a young parent and we had three kids and the oldest was four, um, and I was you know, there's a whole lot going on. And I remember there was one time I was about to lose, lose my ever living mind. I just was. And they had this hotline at Project Enlightenment. Do you remember that hotline call? It was just, you called it if you were a mom and it was like, okay, talk me off the ledge. How can I, I need some help. And I remember the woman gave me something. I will never, it's a gift and I will never, ever forget this. She said, um, what special time are you giving to each kid? And yeah. I was like, what, what do you mean? And she said, what, how are you spending 10 minutes, 10 minutes per kid just to be face to nose to nose and say, what's, what's going on in your life? And how, how are you? Talk to me about, I don't want to, I don't want your list of stuff you accomplish. Hey, what's going on? And, and um, so that single-handedly in the time of chaos, in a time of uncertainty, she said, this woman who I don't even know her name, she said, if you give 10 minutes, if you can carve up 10 minutes for each child, nose to nose, and you say, um, what makes you feel strong? So I did that last night, um, and I have two of the three kids here, so I um, nose to nose with the kids, what makes you strong? And one of them said, um, to know what's coming, and the other one said, to know where I've been. No. To know what I've just done. It's very Moana, isn't it? Right? That's exactly what Moana is. So she, um, when I said, okay, how can you know what's coming in this pretty incredibly uh, time, this in time of, of not knowing? And she said, well, I can control what I can control. So we talked about how I can help her know what's coming. So 
at night, you know, she's still elementary school. I tuck her in and I say, okay, this is what's coming tomorrow. And she said, I know what you're doing, mom. So I heard her, she got that. And so with my son, knowing where you've been, I said, okay, let's talk about what you did today. Like kind of like after you clean the counter, you look back and you're like, wow, that counter's clean. You know, we don't, sometimes we get so busy, we don't do that. So he needs, okay, I've done, I, I did my diorama for my science class. And I said, okay, we're going to look at that diorama. And so he could say, okay, I, that accomplishment, looking back and seeing that made me feel strong. So I'm, I'm having those 10 minute special times. And again, that goes back to project enlightenment Shout out to them for helping me take my kids thinking and put it into um, an action plan. And, you know, this Connie Wooden, I spoke, she's a life coach and we had another podcast earlier. She's lovely. And she, we talked about, um, asking your kids how you can best support them during this time. And so that curiosity also speaks to that. How can I help you feel, you know? Right. And for us too, we have to be curious about our kids and say, oh, I mean, granted, there's some academic resilience. There's some glimmers of hope for our kids as they're starting to do things on their own um, in a way that they've never had to um, before. Um, You know, we used to say in schools that kids needed a couple things. They needed one person to know them well. They needed appropriate challenges so they could both be successful and also fail in a way that's recoverable. So that made a kid resilient in school. I think those um, types of things where a kid, someone knows you, it's the true truth for our house too. If your parent, any parent, grandparent, even a sibling, someone says, I see you today. Um, and I, I know what you're doing. You're really working hard or gosh, your sense of humor really is making mom happy today or something like that. Just to be seen in that way, that still rings true when we're trying to do this whole homeschool social experiment. Well, I think a lot of parents feel so overwhelmed with having to do all the things and just recognizing that 10 minutes sometimes is all that's really needed to get your kids into a space of mm-hmm. being successful in a day is huge, right? I have a it's lot huge. I have a lot, a lot of parents who are really doing an amazing job with this homeschooling, yeah. but most of us feel a little overwhelmed, feel worried. Yeah. Um, and how do you, uh, one thing I want to, uh, um, want you to comment a little bit about before you finish this one topic is relieving the parents that you're talking to in your own school um, or among your colleagues around worry, right? So we talked about college worry, but also about worry that extends into the school. You're not giving him enough to learn, or I'm really worried that they haven't even oh, gosh. yet for our Wake County school. Right. Some of them are. What oh, kind of are you giving those parents? Well, so I have... Um... I have three kids in three different schools and it's um, I need parents to know that everyone's feeling this. like everyone's feeling um, sort of this pull toward um, the old way. The old way was this race. I've got to have my kid keep up with whoever is next door. I've got to keep them safe. I've got to do all of these things all at once. And it's just this never ending activity. Um, and so everyone is still stuck in that's how it has to be everyone. So they're asking teachers for more work or they're asking teachers for work over spring break, or they're asking for, for more, 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 because that's what we're used to. We're used to being so, so overwhelmed with so much stuff. Um, And then there's the other half of the, the, or maybe smaller percentage than half who are saying, please don't, 
make my kid sit in front of a computer. I, I, we're going to try to do some things for ourselves, or we have some resources that would allow us to, you know, do painting at home or um, do chalk art or something. That's what we're going to spend our time. So I think the worry about, uh, it, it's a majority of our parents right now, they're worried that their kid is falling behind yes. um, both the other kids, but also where they should be next year. And I just want to, I want to let everyone know that schools are, we're wise to this at this point. And we know when those kids get back in the fall, right, when they get back in the fall, that we're going to need to catch up. We're going to have a lot of catch up work to do. Um, everything from algebra one, you know, once they move on to the next level of geometry or whether it's um, NC math one or NC math two, those math teachers know that the re-entry is going to need a little more um, rigor and attention. For everyone. For everyone. everyone. Every, in college, in high school, in middle school, elementary school. Public, private, all public, the Public, private, everyone. Like, so everyone gets it that you're not going to have a kid walk, a sixth grader walk in and expect to be at level Z, right? You're going to say, okay, we're going to, normally we would take a week to review spring semester. I mean, that's good teaching, right? Best practices is you take one step forward um, or two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. You, you build and you re. There is some learning loss that has, there's some regression that has to happen in the learning process anyway. But if you think about those teachers who they just went through this too. They're not living, I mean, we're all living in a bubble, but they're going to expect their kids and say, okay, instead of taking one week to review, we're going to take two or three, and we're going to get you to the spot where you feel really confident. That's going to happen in all schools, yeah. um, and especially those, um, that should send a signal to parents, like, you don't have to invest in online classes this summer and keep your kids um, still on that wheel because everyone is, I mean, Biggest signal for that is when the college board took the APs and said, okay, we're making them 45 minutes long. It's no longer a three and a half hour test, 45 minutes long. We'll mail it to your house, do the best you can. We're paring down the subject material, you're fine. Yeah. So I think the relief from worry, um, colleges know this, all schools are gonna do a catch up in the fall, they just will. Um, I think right now, if you if you and if can focus on your child and just say, okay, how have I seen, maybe pick a thing a day, how have I seen her problem solving um, increase in the last two weeks? You know, remember, um, and you're a pediatrician, you know this, you tell your kids as long as your kids are eating broccoli <laughs> sometime or some green vegetable in two weeks, then, so if you say, okay, in the last two weeks, when have you been adaptable? wow, I saw you do that. That was really adaptable. Just to kind of shine the light on those, um, those processes that build academic resilience, that's going to help the kid in the fall once um, she gets back to school. What else have we not touched on that are, that are points that you feel are important that our parents know regarding supporting their kids during this time academically? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about the fact that this is not normal, so don't expect kids to act normal. Um, you probably had some self regulate you knew your kids were self-regulated learners before, and they're still doing that. I think the kids who are really struggling right now, who didn't have as much self-regulation before, and now with all of the loose edges, they're, they're really struggling. Um, they're struggling to start things. Yeah. Um, they're start struggling to finish things. Um, those kids, 
kids, I, I worry about those kids the most, and I um, want to encourage those parents, if you have a kid who um, has a hard time maybe starting a task, um, finishing, um, to, to really see that student struggle, to talk about it, to acknowledge it, and say this is not normal and it's okay, um, this is not a normal time we're living in, your struggle is important to me, and I want to be with you in that for just a moment. I mean, again, that could take a minute. Well, and just so this is less relevant for you to know, but just for our listeners, um, we have two people that are going to come in and talk. A lot of what you're talking about is the kid who that operates on an academic level that is where you would expect them to within a bell curve. And like at grade level. Mm-hmm. Grade mm-hmm. level. And there are lots of kids who are challenges academically who aren't able to get the support that they need either in public or private school. And so we have two people coming on to talk about supporting kids with attention issues and figuring out the details about the way that they learn differently to help those parents get supported too. So I just want to honor that, that population for those of us that are listening and thinking, well, yeah, your biggest problem is, is that you can't get an ACT that's three hours as opposed to 45 minutes. I I know, right? It's all relative. And the the thing is, it could depend on the day, right? So you could have a day where your kid is super self-motivated and that, and then the next day they're like, I, I, I can't today. I just can't even, and I have school at noon and I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, so I think that that would be great advice. And I would love to, I'm going to listen to that one actually, because, um, I think if you can, if you can spot the signs, um, from day to day and sometimes in our house, hour to hour, (laughs) um, you, you get to help your kids in a way that perhaps is a, is a gift to you right now. No question about it. No question about Mm -hmm. it. I think so many, you know, it, it is really hard for our parents to see all these gifts when many of them are working from home, when they're mm. they're used to being in the race that you described and mm. are mm-hmm. overwhelmed because that was where they were comfortable because that felt like control. You know, I got yeah. on my, my Facebook page one of the first days I was doing the lives and I said, I was so happy that I didn't have to be in control of this whole pandemic. Mm. It felt mm-hmm. so relieving. And then the next day I was hysterical crying. Like, I just want to be in control of something. I mean, yeah. it's great. Yeah. So anyway, offering parents some relief around, um, around the fact that there's not a perfect way to do this, I think is also huge for our educators to admit and talk about. Oh, if the conversations are robust. Um, I think they're really thoughtful conversations going on. And I think um, teachers, you know, who've got their stuff together like this to turn everything around and and deliver some curriculum. I think there's um, a lot of um, teachers across Wake County right now who would, who are, you know, they're so full of good ideas on how to reach kids and support kids. Um, Tapping into a little bit of that is, I mean, we would be the richest county in the the world because we have so many good ideas right here. Well, right. Our teachers, especially our public teachers, aren't boundaried the way that they were before just out of necessity, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's Mm -hmm. so many teachers that had to fix, you know, testing and whatnot. I mean, I would just love to get some teachers on in three months to talk Mm -hmm. the way that they've been able to teach in a way that wasn't boundaried by so many rules. Uh, A lot of our private schools have a little more flexibility with that at times, but... Your perspective is huge. Thank you, like, so very much for taking time to talk with my families. I just, I could talk to you all day. Well, the feelings mutual. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you.